0: The following is a fourth-hand production.
1: 15, 64,
2: 50, 80, 90, hey, hey! Hey, you guys. Welcome to A Very Brady Podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Jimmy. And with me, as always, is the other host of the show, Tech. Hi, Jimmy. How are you? Hi, Tack. I'm good. Yeah. How are you? <laughs> I'm all right. On this know, I
0: actually, I just ate a larger dinner than I usually do, so I'm feeling so a little bloated.
2: Wait a minute. What did you have for dinner?
0: I made... Normally, I would just make, like, chicken and, like, a green veggie, which is what mm-hmm. my plans were, peas and chicken. Well, if but you leave my any son, veggie
2: long enough, it'll turn green.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but my son was like, can he make some mac and cheese, which I make it from scratch, you know? And I was like, fine. And then, of course, I ate some I shouldn't have. So I feel bloated and, and unsexy. So.
2: When you say scratch, is that like slang for money? Like you go buy it? <laughs> no. Oh,
0: I, okay. Well, I mean, I didn't make the noodles from scratch. I just boiled the noodles, but I made the cheese sauce from scratch. So,
2: Neato. Sorry to interrupt. Continue. No, that's okay. Wait, wait, wait. What did you have? Get, I was gonna. Oh, damn, I was just. <laughs> I was just about to go. Huh, I guess you don't want to know what I had. <laughs> okay. Um We had um, something my mom used to make that she called hamburger stew. What is that? It's um, when you first see it, it kind of looks like dog vomit. I'm not gonna lie, hmm. uh, but it's potatoes, hamburger, and um, vegetarian vegetable soup all mixed together. So it's potatoes.
0: So it's just potato, like beef stew with more hamburger in it.
2: Well, yeah, like, it's it's called hamburger stew. It's not really called beef stew, but um, so it's yeah, beef stew. Kind of,
0: but instead of chunks of beef, it's hamburger.
2: Exactly. And oh. instead of a beef stock, it's vegetarian vegetable soup. Oh,
0: Okay, yeah,
2: it's pretty good. Cool. So yeah, it's quick and easy, and we grew up poor, and uh, yeah, I still eat it. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, <laughs> on this podcast, we celebrate the iconic TV show, The Brady Bunch. As we break the bunch down one episode at a time, we take the episode tack, mm-hmm. we break it down, yeah, you we find it down on itself, riddled with mm. self-doubt, mm. then we encourage it, call it pretty until it blossoms into a proud, beautiful, raging bitch mm. that's full of herself. Mm. Only to take away the spotlight in the end, just for you, the listener. Testify. Yes. Yes, Lord. And on today's episode, we look at Season 3, Episode 7, entitled, Juliet is the Sun. If you haven't watched this episode, please feel free to stop the podcast and watch it before continuing. You don't have to, but it might be a hell of a lot more funny if you do. The Brady Bunch is available to stream on Hulu, CBS All Access, and... Amazon Amazon Prime! I
0: jumped the gun. Amazon Amazon Prime.
2: Prime. (laughs) We should do it one week to freak everybody out. Just play Amazon Prime. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be like, well, well, you can't do that. So, So, this is an interesting episode. This is something that me and you know a little bit about. A little bit? Yes. A little bit. This show uh, talks about Shakespeare.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know a whole lot about Shakespeare. I mean, I did a Shakespeare play once. Remind the listeners what Shakespeare show you did. Uh, I did Hamlet, Prince of Denmark. Yes, <laughs> that's right.
2: What part did you play, Hamlet?
0: No, uh, that was our friend of the show, Ron. He played Hamlet. That's
2: right. He did play Hamlet. Yeah,
0: I played uh, Horatio, which is Hamlet's best friend, his BFF. Cool. Mm-hmm. So people in the audience going, "Hooray, show!" Yeah. <laughs> okay. you did a you did some uh, Shakespeare, right?
2: Yeah, I did uh, Midsummer Night's Dream. Mm-hmm. I did Othello. Mm-hmm. And I did a show called The Complete Works of William Shakespeare Bridge.
0: Oh, that's right, yeah. Yes. I saw two of those out of the three. Yes. So
2: I don't think you saw... Oth- you didn't see uh, Midsummer.
0: I saw it on video. Yeah. Hello.
2: So you didn't see Othello? Right. Okay. That was pretty good. I played Rodrigo. You did too. I did too. <laughs> but we do have a uh, a lot of... A
0: theater background. So this one we brought, yeah, brought yeah. home uh, some interesting little fun little
2: memories. There was a couple of things in there that I kind of felt like were kind of Easter eggs before Easter eggs existed. You know, like certain things that like, like little tiny things. And I'll point them out as we go through, but little okay. tiny things where I was just like, <laughs> yes, like I've totally worked with somebody like that. Or yes, <laughs> I I hate when people do that when you're going over lines. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, there's right. a couple of things in here that felt like he Yeah, I
0: wrote something in here too about yeah. something like that. They're yeah, Exactly. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, so
0: what was your uh, first play? So I'm assuming this is Marcia's first play,
2: and she gets mm. the lead. Shocking. Yeah. yeah. My first play was Winnie the Pooh. And who did you play? Christopher Robin. Oh. As look, in I was Robin Pars from everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, look, the lead. Shocking!
0: You're like well, Marsha Brady. Yeah, my first play was uh, a fable for a time. where if I remember, who played the lead in that too? Uh,
2: probably wrong because he seemed oh, to play yeah. lead in everything, no.
0: right? It was you.
2: Oh, that's, that's right. right. <laughs> it was me. Silly. I just I've had so many. I you know forget. Interesting. Um, They're
0: both directed by the same guy. Huh. Oh,
2: weird. Huh. And it's the same. Well, it's not like we stayed after school and you know played with his balls. <laughs> um. But anyways. Please please, please explain that. Okay, oh yeah, he, he uh he taught us how to juggle. <laughs> which I almost went I almost went to Ringling over that. Like I almost went to Clown. I got accepted into Clown College, but I never went. Yeah, yeah, and I found out later on that if I would have went, I probably would have been in the same class as Stevo. Oh fun. Because he would he went about the same time. Um but what's interesting is um when I did Winnie the Pooh, <laughs> 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 there, there was a kid that played Pooh, and it's the story where, um, Pooh disguises himself as a cloud so that he can get honey from a beehive, right? Mm-hmm. And so that off stage, right, he's climbing up a ladder, yeah. And so I'm, he goes up into the sky, and I'm supposed to like point a pellet gun at him and then shoot one of the balloons, yeah. And he falls to the ground, right, right. And I, the director wanted me to point at him and say Pooh, mm-hmm. but he's on the ground backstage, so. Right. I remember pointing off stage at the ground <laughs> and right. going poo. and everybody starts cracking up. <laughs> and my 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 drama teacher had to remind me, like he's he's not on the he's not there. You're, it looks like you're pointing at dog crap. Like that's why everybody was laughing because it looked like I was pointing right. at dinner. So.
0: I re- I remember that because I saw that also on video. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> good times, good times. Yes, we have so, a yeah, lot of fun. Yeah, we have a lot of fun stories and also, mm-hmm. stuff, which I I wanted to tell more later at the, the at the second break um, when we come back. But uh,
2: I'm laughing because I remember. Well, I remember getting off stage one time rehearsals and you going, "Man, I wish you could be backstage," because there was a girl that you saw changing, and you thought it was hot. What, yeah. what was her name again?
0: I have no idea.
2: Oh, you don't remember? Okay. I'm just, I mean, trying, just a... trying to make you embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah. Why <laughs> so would I, I you be embarrassed really about that? Well, yeah, it's true because she worked at a club. Anyways, um, Who is it? Uh, she worked at a at a club. Catch what I'm saying? Oh. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah. That's a
0: whole other story that I would love to that tell is, one day. Yeah.
2: So, w- w- I don't want to mention any names, so we'll say um, – I'm trying to think of a name that wasn't involved in school. Um, M- M- Monique. Monique. Yeah, Monique. Uh, so well, no, Tara. There we go, Tara. So yeah. Anyways, um, <laughs> so yes, and also I, I recently—you mm-hmm. already knew this, but I, I guess I just recently re-realized that I had—I have an IMDb page. <laughs> How did you just realize that? I don't know, but I mean, the first thing on there was um, the first thing that ever got put on there was this podcast.
0: Well, that's because I put that on there.
2: Right. But I, <laughs> yeah. I went ahead and submitted the stuff I did for Sci-Fi Channel. And so that's on there, too, now.
0: Oh, well, that's how they got on there. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah, because you told me, like, oh, it's on there now. Or they just added it. And I'm like, man, how? I was thinking, like, who the hell did that homework? Like, somebody was like, hey, we never put, you know, <laughs> our, our our psychic detectives or whatever <laughs> up on the... So you need to find out who played the priest, who played this, you know. And somebody's like... Mm-hmm and they had to look through notes and go on somebody named jimmy klein i guess and it's, well fill it out right. send it to IMDb. you know
2: i mean i've done some other stuff that but it wouldn't have shown up on imdb you know i did some commercials and stuff um yeah commercials don't which i wish commercials you know, did i did on uh, some local tv uh where i had to go on and be interviewed and stuff but i don't think that counts either yeah so, anyways i guess if uh if you're ready because i mean that yeah that little conversation took a lot out of me i'm just saying
0: <laughs> so so what are I, we all—we're ten minutes in. This is later than we usually take our I'm first saying, break. So
2: I—I I, <laughs> I think we need to take a break. You know what I'm saying? All right. go for it. So uh, it. we're gonna go ahead and take a break, and when we come back, we are gonna dive into this Juliet is the Sun episode. Mm. So uh, stick around. Welcome to the trailer for What The Suck Podcast. Do you like movies? Do you like horror movies? You know, movies like Exorcist 2 and The Bye Bye Man?
0: Well, those of you still with us are just the weirdos we want. We watch all the
2: terrible, no good, so bad they are bad movies you never knew existed.
0: Have you seen Wish Upon... I am Zozo, Creepshow 3 perhaps? You haven't? Well lucky for you, we have, and we are here to tell you all about them because we believe that no matter how bad a movie is, it should be watched. Someone put at least some effort
2: into these, and bad movies deserve love too. And boy, do we love watching them. So, please join us, your host, Chris and James, on What The Suck Podcast for a weekly discussion of all things bad, good, good, bad, 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 so bad they are good, so good they are bad, so bad they are bad, and Gary Busey. (laughs) That's my best Busey. (laughs) I don't know if that works. but It works for me. Found everywhere podcasts can be listened to. And we are back. Hmm. Man, I still can't believe you can do a front handspring. That is What's amazing. It? So I still can't believe you can do a front handspring. Oh, right? That's insane. Anyways. Yeah, well, you know. So let's get into this. Season three, episode seven, entitled Juliet is the son, which I still think they should have called it Juliet is the daughter. I'm just saying, but whatever. Okay. Some facts about the episode. It first aired October 29th, two days before Halloween. 1971 Hmm. Written by Brad Radnuts (laughs) Oh no Brad (laughs) Radnuts It's not (laughs) Radnuts And directed by Kevin's dad, Jack Arnold (laughs) That's right According to IMDb, the instrumental Love theme, A Time for Us From Franco Zeffirelli's film Romeo and Juliet 1968, is heard a few Times in this episode And explains explains, why it wasn't on Hulu because of
0: copyright copyright reasons. That's
2: right. But also in another little side thing, I, I sang that song at somebody's wedding once. Oh, fun. Yeah.
0: Which also reminds me, this is the part where we should give Jim Larrison a shout out. because yes, for sure. If it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have this episode to watch. So once again,
2: this, this episode is dedicated to, to our homeboy. And I yeah. think I think he, in this episode, you know, figuratively speaking, he, he should be the the Juliet to us being Romeo. Oh. Yes. Jim. Because this is a time for us. <laughs> See what I did there? Because that's the song.
0: There's so, yes. Thank a you, uh, Jim Larson. Very much. For oh, that's a different <laughs> song, isn't it? Yeah, same
2: same storyline. Yeah, it you know. is. Okay, you ready? Yep. Okay, we fade in. Scene one. We open up and see Jan and Peter coming home from school on their bikes. They park their bikes under the carport, and they both run in screaming for Carol. As they run into the kitchen where we see Carol, quote unquote, helping Alice make (laughs) dinner, they both shout that they both got a part in the school play Romeo and Juliet. Oh, Alice and Carol both say how wonderful it is, and Alice asks what part they got, and you know she was kind of hoping they'd play Romeo and Juliet. You know she's weird (laughs) like that. (laughs) Peter says, we're palace guards. I say, hark. And Jan says, and I say, (laughs) that's weird. (laughs) There's a few of
0: these like this throughout the whole thing.
2: Peter says, we're palace guards, and I say, hark. And then Jan says, and I say, who goes there? (laughs) <laughs> Alice mocks them and says, hey, they know their lines already. Carol leans in and asks how Marcia did. Peter says, oh, she tried out for the part of the nurse. Jan says how great she did. Peter goes on, Mrs. Goodwin hasn't made up her mind about the big parts yet. Jan adds, I hope Marcia gets to be the nurse. Then we'll, be, then we'll all be in the play. Mm. Carol boasts about how great it is by saying, how about that? First, the Barrymore, Barrymore's and now the Brady's. Hmm. Hmm. Just then, the phone rings. Carol answers it. And who do you think it is, Tack? Uh, oh, it's, uh, shit, I forgot her name. It's Mrs. Goodwin.
0: Oh, I was going to say. Yeah.
2: What was I, her I friend's know, you name? You were going to say Davy Jones. Uh, <laughs> no. That, that's not until later season. Huh? What's oh, her friend's what, name? her friend. Her friend that she hates that she acts like she likes? No, it's the um, other way
0: around. She likes, but she acts like she hates.
2: Oh, what like bad. Um <laughs> What is Doesn't her matter. name? That's gonna—I
0: be... know it was bugging me. For... Mar- no, Martha. Yeah, you're right. Martha. Martha. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Um, Carol <laughs> answers leaves. it, and it is Miss Goodwin on the line. Carol says, "Oh, really, Marcia? Of course, I'll tell her the good news. Goodbye." Carol hangs up, and of course, Alice pipes up and asks, "What about Marsha? Carol gleams <laughs> and says. She got the part of Juliet. Jan and Peter light up and Peter says, she didn't even try out for that part. Jan says, wow, that's the starring role. Jan leaves the kitchen calling for Marsha to come down. Marsha comes into the kitchen and Carol says, Marsha, Mrs. Goodwin just called. You got the part of Juliet. Marcia doesn't look pleased, but confused and asks Juliet. But I tried out for the nurse. Alice says, but you got the starring part. Carol asks, isn't that marvelous? Marshall, Marsha says, I think it's awful. And then she runs out of the kitchen. Everyone in the kitchen are left confused by Marsha's response. Hmm.
0: Hmm. So I went into a little bit of a deep dive here, Jimmy. Okay. So Carol in the scene goes, how about that? First, the Moores, and now the Brady's. And I was like, right. Who the fuck are the Barrymore's? I had no idea. Well, what's funny
2: is I was the opposite. I knew exactly who they were talking about.
0: Oh, I learned so much here. So I'm going to give a quick little synopsis for those listeners who don't know who the hell the Barrymore's are. The Barrymore's were a famous American theatrical dynasty who for three generations and well over a 100 years provided America with important actors. It all started with Louisa Lane in 1827, when she was only seven years old and had an acting career that went on for 70 years. Louisa later married John Drew and had several kids, but one named John Jr. John went on to become a very famous comedic actor for his time. And later on inspired his niece and nephew, Sydney and Georgiana who also went on to become famous actors as well. Georgiana later married Herbert Blythe in 1876, but Herbert later legally changed his name to his stage name, which was Maurice Barrymore. They had three kids, Lionel, Ethel, and John Barrymore, who all became well-to-do actors as well. But let's just fast forward, and you're probably asking yourself this already. Yes, in 1975, John and Jade Barrymore gave birth to Drew Blythe Barrymore.
2: What's interesting is, is Drew Barrymore said in an interview one time that she'll go on to, um, you know, like Netflix or Hulu or, um, or some of those other streaming services and watch movies and it'll have relatives of hers in it that she's never met before. Hmm. And she said, it's pretty neat. Like watching movies, like you're saying from a hundred years ago. And they're like her uncles and great uncles and, you know, great grandparents. It's crazy. Yeah, I had um, no idea that her lineage was like that. Well, I watched this this YouTube channel called Hollywood Graveyard. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I've heard about. it. You've talked about it. Yeah, but um, on there they've they've gone through the, the the Barrymores a few times because there's so many of them, and um, and every single time he's like, "And yes, this is you know a relative of Drew Barrymore." So that's, that's kind of cool. Because
0: yeah, I was kind of looking through the whole family, and there's a lot of Johns, a lot of Drews. <laughs> And so Drew was named after a last name in the family and Blythe also, which was her great, great grandfather's uh, or great uncle's original last name was Blythe. So she's Drew okay. Blythe Barrymore. It's kind of neat how they kept all these names in the family. Yeah, right.
2: Yeah. Um, But another thing I noticed back to the scene is um, <laughs> I totally get her reaction and maybe it's not for the same reason, but. I totally, I don't, I mean, Tech, you've done Shakespeare before and like they, they have such long, they're not even monologues. They're, they're longer than a monologue. Soliloquies? (laughs) Yeah. They're like, like some of them are a page and a half, two pages long. Yeah. And what sucks about it is a, a lot of, in, in some of his shows, they were in what's called Iambic Pentameter, which is, they rhyme. It's like a poem. You don't say it like a poem, but it's, it's written like a poem. Yeah. So... If you flub a line, it's really, really, really hard to improvise because <laughs> it has to rhyme. <laughs> and right. B, like it's a lot to memorize because it's A, it's it's just a lot of words and B, like there's people in the audience that have this memorized that know it, word for word the whole show. And so if you like flub a line or paraphrase, like it, it, you kind of ruin it, you know? Um, so I, I totally get her reaction of that's not what I, I didn't want that part. <laughs> like, <laughs> so. Yeah, Yeah. I kind of get that.
0: (laughs) Indeed. All right, moving on. Scene two. Next, we see Marsha in her room, sitting on the bed, looking sad. Mike and Mm -hmm. Carol knock and walk in, and Mike says, Hi, honey. I hear you get the part of Juliet. I also heard you don't want it. Marsha just says, That's right. Mike says, Mind if I ask why? Marsha says, I just don't think I should play the part. That's all. Mike asks, why? Marcia goes on. <laughs> I didn't even...
2: Mike's like a three-year-old. But why? <laughs> <laughs> did, did you feel like through this entire episode, like Robert Reed is silently judging everybody for not liking Shakespeare or not doing it right? <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I forgot. Like, the whole time, like I'm like, he's probably so pissed him. right now. You know, in every rehearsal, he's like, God, God damn it. That's not how you fucking do it, okay? <laughs> right. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Marsha goes on. I didn't even
0: try out for that part. Carol adds, but the good thing is that Mrs. Goodwin thinks you're the best for it. Marsha gets up and says with some tood, and I know why. It's because you're the chairman of the play committee. Mm -hmm. Carol looks at Mike, sighs, and says, look, Marsha, I volunteered to be chairman because I wanted your school to present a good play. I didn't want to help you get a good part. Mike adds, Marcia, Mrs. Goodwin isn't going to miscast the lead in the play just to please your mother.
2: Carol's like, wait a minute. <laughs> Maybe she would. I have that kind of power. <laughs> I could do. I could make her do it. Marcia
0: turns to her parents and says, then why would she give me the part? Juliet is supposed to be beautiful and noble. <laughs> and I'm not anything like that
2: bull crap she's so full of herself <laughs> you know and she turns and looks like right you're gonna are you gonna correct me like, right carol says Marsha, that's
0: nonsense you're a beautiful girl and besides you're a very good actress which okay yeah i like how she didn't say you're noble she's like no oh, don't be silly you're beautiful <laughs> like what about noble eh, you're a good actress that's not I know no you're a
2: good actress because
0: you acted like you were hot when you were screwing a high school kid last week. Or you acted like you don't think you're hot when we all know that you, exactly, that yeah. you know
2: you are. <laughs> you act like you don't want to hump your brother.
0: <laughs> Marcia says, you have to say that you're my mother. Carol does a deep sigh. Mike smiles and adds, I say it and I'm not your mother.
2: <laughs> and what's funny is you can see Marsha like trying not to laugh at that. Like she, she smirks like <laughs> yeah, that's funny. such a dad joke. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Marsha isn't amused. <laughs> Mike goes on.
2: She is though. That's what's funny about it.
0: <laughs> Mike goes on. Come on. You look beautiful and noble to me. Carol adds in. The trouble is you don't think you are. Mike chimes back in. That's right. It's the belief in yourself that counts, you know. You are what you think you are. Marsha thinks for a second and says, You mean, if I think I'm beautiful and noble, then I will be beautiful and noble? Mike says, That's right. If you believe it, then everybody else will believe it too. Carol says, Think about it, Marsha. You can give your answer to Mrs. Goodwin in the morning. Mike and Carol leave the bedroom and Marcia sits down in front of her mirror, closes her eyes and says, Marsha Brady, you're beautiful and noble. Just then she opens her eyes and looks at herself and then rolls her eyes and says, baloney.
2: I wrote down, you know, it's funny. I've seen different types of baloney, but not noble and beautiful baloney. <laughs> <laughs> Too <clears throat> incline. <laughs> um, it, no, but like I pointed out, it's funny because Marsha started that to, to crack a smile a little bit which she wasn't supposed to do which I thought was kind of funny <laughs> but also I think it's funny that Robert Reed is basically saying acting is believing which is I think a term most people have heard hmm. so they could have just said that like they didn't have to paraphrase it but anyways <laughs> Catch. I mean it's a famous term they can just say it um, <clears throat> scene three now down in the kitchen we see Greg sitting at the table while Alice is doing you know Alice things <laughs> Greg asks Alice, "Alice, did you ever do any acting when you were in school?" Alice pops up and says, "Did I ever do any acting? I'll have you know I played the title role in our senior class play. Critics said I was the most unusual. It was the most unusual portrayal of the part they had ever seen." Hmm. Greg asks, "What part it was?" Alice says, "Julius Caesar. It was an all girls school." Greg says, "That's like an all boys school doing Little Women." <laughs> Hmm. Wait a minute. They don't do women. Anyways, um, Alice laughs laughs and goes on. Oh, it was a lot of fun. Marsha's going to miss all the fun. If she's not in that school play, Greg adds, I don't get what her problem is. She'd make a great Juliet. Alice says, well, I know exactly what her problem is. Greg asks what? Meanwhile, we quickly cut to see Jan, Peter and Bobby sitting on the floor, listening to the conversation. Alice goes on, it's psychological, it's a mental block caused by her lack of confidence in herself. Greg looks into Alice's eyes and it takes in what was just said by his older but still youthful housemaid (laughs) and then takes a deep breath and says, wow, that was really deep. (laughs) How did you figure that out? Alice pauses for a second and says, your mom and dad told me mm-hmm. Greg laughs and says, I just don't get it. Marsha's a really groovy girl. Mm-hmm. Alice says, well, you know, she's groovy and I know she's groovy, but she doesn't know she's groovy. Mm. Meanwhile, the kids in the family room are still listening to in on the conversation. Greg goes on. It's weird how you can't see yourself as others see you. Alice thinks and says, I know one way that'll open her eyes. Greg asks what? Alice says, a few words from your mouth to her ear. Mm. If you tell her what you think, she might believe it herself. The nosy kids in the family hear that and look at each other and smile. <laughs> yeah, that was one of my notes. Like, wow, those kids are fucking nosy. <laughs> like, jeez.
0: It was funny because, like, <clears throat> you know. Alice says, you know, it's psychological, it's mental block caused by your lack of confidence. And then Greg is just blown away, like, like wow, yeah, how did yeah, you? Yeah. But then later he's like, um, it's weird how you can't see yourself as others see you. <laughs> and then Alice should have been like, wow, how do you? I learned so much from you. You know, like, she <laughs> should
2: have been like, wow. So like it was a final thought on Maury Povich. <laughs> um, Jerry Springer. <laughs> didn't they try this in a previous episode? Wasn't the one where Peter thought he was dull? And <laughs> was, you saw how it backfired. You mean last week? <laughs> yeah. Like, what makes them think that this is going to be any better? Like, it's the same thing that they're doing.
0: I thought of that too. And I actually have a note about it later going, this, this is the same as <laughs> last week's episode.
2: <laughs> yeah. And also, what brother thinks his sister's
0: groovy? Like, you don't think your sisters are groovy? Or... No. Oh. I think my <laughs> sisters are pretty groovy. Which sister? They're all equally groovy. So they're all
2: equally groovy. <laughs> yeah. So none of them are more groovy than it. They, they're all like like quadruplets or quintuplets. No, quadruplets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, they're all groovy.
2: Groovy. So chicks. they're all identical. So you, you're all four sisters like twins. They're no, they're like quadruplets. <laughs> you see what I'm trying to do? No, I have no idea what you're I'm trying, trying to, to do. get you to like. Put you in a spot, and be like. So, which sister do you think is more groovy, Doc? Like,
0: well, yeah. I mean, I figured which that. one do you like more? <laughs> They're all equally. Scene four.
2: They don't listen to this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Later, we see Marsha in the bathroom cleaning her face. Just then, Cindy and Bobby walk in on her, and she tells them, "I'm not through yet." Ooh, dang! <clears throat> but Bobby and Cindy just keep standing there staring at her. Marsha stops and looks at them, confused with soap still all over her face. Bobby says, you sure look pretty, Marsha. Cindy adds, and groovy, too. <laughs> <laughs> they leave quickly and shut the door. Marsha turns back to look at herself in the mirror and says, they're out of their minds.
2: Do you think if this was modern, do you think she would, she'd be on the toilet? <laughs> <laughs> you think she's like, what? I'm taking a piss. Like what? Do you think she'd be like that? Or do you think she will still be, be washing weird. the face? I don't know. Just kids it, don't give a shit. Kids will walk in while you're taking a the dump. They don't care. God. You don't think like, so? You sure
0: look pretty sitting there on the dumpster.
2: <laughs> or she'd be in the shower and she'd poke her head out and just scream, Get out! Like,
0: <laughs> and Bobby's still standing there. You sure look pretty, Marsha.
2: <laughs> square like a pig. Oh, sorry, that's another one. I don't know. And also, why all the green? What do you mean? Like, she's wearing green. Like, there's green in the back. It's like, that The robe is hideous. Like, (laughs) sorry. I didn't even notice. Oh, God. Anyways, (laughs) scene five. Later still, Marsha is in her room doing homework when Peter and Jan walk in. Peter asks, Marsha, can we have a little help? Jan adds, we're having trouble with our lines from the play. Marsha agrees to help. Jan goes on, well, Peter has Hark down pretty good, but I'm having trouble with my line. Marsha says, well, let's hear you say it. Jan goes on, well, that's just it. I don't quite know how to say it. Should I say, who goes there? Or who goes there? Or who goes there? Marsha says, just say it plain. Who goes there? Peter and Jan light up and are in complete awe as to how amazing Marcia just pulled that off. <laughs> Peter says, that's it. Jan adds, "Marcia, you're a terrific actress. Peter says, come on, let's go practice before we forget how she said it. Jan agrees <laughs> and they both leave the room practicing their lines. After they leave, Marcia says to herself, terrific actress. She smiles as, as if to accept it. Hmm. just then greg comes in from the bathroom and asks if she has a minute marcia agrees and greg says do you know a guy named lloyd Leeds?" marcia says no greg goes on well he sure knows you he's in my english class he wants to meet you marcia says me why greg goes on obviously he thinks you're a really groovy chick Marcia says, a high school boy really thinks I'm groovy? Greg adds, a lot of people think you're groovy. Marcia seems surprised and asks, honest? Greg adds, I even think you're groovy. Mm -hmm. For a sister, that is. Mm. Greg gets up and leaves through the bathroom. Marcia thanks him on the way out. Marcia sits and thinks to herself and gets up and walks over to the mirror again, sits down and brushes her hair she begins to think back on all the compliments everyone has given her. Come on, Marcia, don't play it so cool. You know you're something else. You're a
0: terrific
1: actress. You sure look pretty, Marsha. You look beautiful and noble to me. You're a beautiful girl.
0: So we talked about this already, but why the fuck is Peter doing to Marcia exactly what Marsha and Kathy did to him last week? And he didn't like it, but it's okay for him exactly. to do it to her.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Also, <sighs> um, did did this play not have a director? Like, mm-hmm. you know they're saying, like, why are they getting oh. direction from their sister? Like, what? Why are they rehearsing? at They home?
0: didn't really need help. They're just trying to make it. Well, feel no,
2: better. but yeah, but uh, still. Um, and also, why is Marsha so naive? How so? Like is she. Like, she never once questions all this. She's never like, wait a minute. Why is everybody suddenly being so nice to me?
0: Well, she like, is it questioning. It does yes, that she's all of her siblings
2: it. are being nice to her at the same time.
0: Well, she does question it because she's like, good actress. Like, she's sitting there like, what? You know, she is confused a little bit.
2: True, but she never asks the question, wait a minute. What's going on? Why are you guys being nice to me? If it was right. Greg or Peter, they would have asked that. They did. <laughs> hmm. Also... Did you notice Greg's arm muscle? <laughs> no, sorry. Like When he's Jimmy. leaning on the bed, his his tricep like pokes out. And you're like, geez. So <laughs> I don't know why that struck me. I was like, what the hell? I don't know if he was doing it on purpose or what. Um, <laughs> but when Greg gets, and I and I Marco apologize you to tell you to watch this. Yeah. When Marsha get, or when Greg gets up to walk through the bathroom, Marsha watches him walk away and her eyes dart down and she 100% checks out his ass. Like I you know, showed it to my wife and I'm like, am I just seeing things? I was like, I'm not even going to tell you what it is. And I show it to her and my wife's eyes got huge. She's like, oh my God. I'm like, right? She hundred percent checked out his ass. You know, you
0: showed me like on the polo, like the video of it. And yeah, I was yeah. like, Yeah, you couldn't really tell. But then I got to the scene when I was watching it and I was like, holy shit. She does like a very quick, she like looks yeah. at his ass and then looks away. Like, holy shit. She does. 100%. <laughs> Checks out his
2: ass. <laughs> So Marie McCormick, if you're if you're listening to this, we got to know like was that like a like a like did you really check out his ass or was it maybe like there was something wrong with his costume and something caught your eye on the floor or something <laughs> like that? Like what we got to know the story behind that.
0: Well, I um, know they dated for a while, but I don't know if this is the start of it.
2: Oh, you're talking about they they in real life they they did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um also apparently uh on a side note, um the kid that played Greg um <laughs> Apparently, there's an episode he thought he was off for the day and -hmm. he got called in
0: at the last minute.
2: And there's an episode he did stoned.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he's
2: very open about it. Like he's he yeah, yeah. identified I've, I've the episode. So
0: I've happened upon that when doing just Did like you? random Brady Bunch search for random yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. And it was a scene where he's like on a carport or something like that, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, where he was like one hundred percent stoned in that scene. Yeah. That's fine. I don't think we watched that episode yet. I don't no, think. no, I don't
2: think so yet. Um yeah. But also, is this where the, the the parodies got the idea about Marsha being so full of herself? Because they talk in the parodies about her combing her hair a lot. And she's just kind of in the whole episode, in all the parody, she's just really full of herself. So is this where they get the idea from?
0: I think so a little bit. And as far as combing her hair a lot, there's yeah. an interesting fact coming up later where she talks about that. And I, I kind of have a note about it. So,
2: mm-hmm. Okay. That's all my notes.
0: <clears throat> all right. Scene six. The next morning, Marcia comes down the stairs and into the kitchen and is greeted by Carol and Alice. She greets them with a big, good morning, and kisses Carol on the cheek and remarks, It's a beautiful morning, isn't it, Mom? I've been doing a lot of thinking since last night, Carol asks. And Marcia goes on, well, I never thought I was the Juliet type, but everybody else seems to think I am. Carol (laughs) ends, but you are. Alice chimes in and says, right, a rose by any other name. Still cost ten bucks a dozen. Hmm. Marcia goes on. I think I can do it. I'm going to be Juliet. Carol smiles and says, "Oh, Marsha, I'm so glad, and your father's going to be so happy." Marcia goes on. He said, "You are what you think you are." So from now on, I'm beautiful and noble. I'm Juliet, and she runs dramatically out of the kitchen. Bobby comes into the kitchen as Juliet prances out and he asks Carol, what was that? Carol (laughs) says, that was the power of positive
2: thinking. Well, first off, Marsha forgot her pants. What's that? Marsha forgot her pants in the scene because it's just like a long (laughs) shirt. So there's that. Um, Also, Carol really needs to stop living through Marsha. Like she really needs to stop. Yeah, she really needs to stop because you could tell she one hundred percent is reliving her high school days through Marsha getting this part, <laughs> right? Um, but why is Bobby wearing a watch? Like that boy can't tell time. You know he can't. He's wearing really? an analog. Wearing a fucking analog watch. But bitch, you can't tell time. <laughs> Jimmy, let's let's talk for a moment, okay? <laughs>
0: Okay, so, like, you know, we've known each other for a while. Yep. <laughs> um, pretty much everybody learns how to tell time when they're a young age, especially when you're growing up in the 70s, when okay. digital hasn't really made a big appearance yet. But why
2: would, like, a nine-year-old kid need a watch?
0: Because they go outside and play, and they're like, hey, be back at six or be back mm-hmm. at five. and but How old were you when you first learned how to tell analog
2: time? Like, middle school? <laughs> They're not they, laughing at, at in you. in middle school? Huh? They're in middle school because them and Marshall go to the same school. Marcia's in middle school.
0: Bobby is not in middle school.
2: He has to be because they're going to the same school.
0: <laughs> I know. It's, it's a little confusing. I think they must go to like to a K through 8 school or something. I don't no, know.
2: Bobby's like 13 and he just looks out for his age. Same as I learned how to tell time. So, No. <laughs> No, it just struck me because he's got this watch that like a fucking accountant would wear. Like, why do they have that on a nine-year-old kid? Like,
0: <laughs> I wasn't making fun of you. I was just saying. Okay. Especially back in the <laughs> back in the seventies <laughs> and every year before that, kids learned how to tell time earlier because our when we were kids, you know, digital like was all over the place. So
2: yeah. Okay. <sighs> Scene seven. Later, we see Peter and Jan in the living room. Practicing their lines with a mop and a broom saying, Hark, who goes there? Peter looks at Jan and asks, well, what do you think? Jan sits. Not bad, I guess. Peter says, I think we should do it meaner. Jan agrees that they should do it again, but meaner. Mm -hmm. They get back in the place just as Mike walks in the front door from work carrying a briefcase. They jump out in front of him yelling, Hark, who goes there? Mike says, Tis I, your father. I bring secret documents to the Brady house. Peter and Jan laugh and ask how they sounded and if it was fierce enough. Mike says, I was sure I was a goner there. Mike then asks where Carol is and leaves for the kitchen. Hmm. I think it would have been funnier if... um. If the kids like, because the kids have this line where they're like, "Say it meaner," and it'd be funny if they got all hyped up and shit about it, and get all amped up about being meaner, and they jump out, "Hark, who goes there?" And then Mike goes, "It's I your father," and absolutely scares the shit out of the kids. That would have been funnier, I think. <laughs> oh, I get you.
0: Because um, he was like behind them; yeah, you know,
2: yeah, they didn't yeah. jump out in front of him. So, um, but why did Mike Ooh. refer to Carol as Mama? <laughs> Do you
0: know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's like, "Where's, where's your, your Mama?" mama? He's you like, like, "Where's your Mama?" at? <laughs>
2: I love those constraints.
0: Yeah, it's funny. Scene eight Mike enters the kitchen to see Carol rubbing the wall with a rag for some reason. <laughs> he gets behind her and puts his arms around her and begins to tell her he got off work early, but is quickly hushed because she's trying to listen in on Romeo and Juliet practicing in the family room. Mike pulls a Jimmy Klein and asks loudly, Why are we whispering? <laughs> yes. Carol says, because Marcia and Harold Axelrod are practicing their lines. Mike laughs and asks, who's Harold Axelrod besides a porn star?
2: Oh, that's awesome.
0: Carol looks at him like he's a moron and says, Romeo. Just as Mike hears this, he and Carol both peek through the family room to watch and listen in. After watching for a moment, Mike looks at Carol, laughs, and says, Romeo wears glasses?
1: <laughs>
0: in the family room, Romeo and Juliet continue to rehearse. Harold Axelrod stops while holding the script. <laughs> Marcia says, It says you're supposed to kiss Juliet. Harold looks closer at <laughs> the script and says, Uh I've got to go now, Marcia. Thanks a lot. You were super. Marcia, while still staying in character, says Parting is such sweet sorrow, that I shall say good night till be morrow. Marcia extends her hand out for Harold to kiss, but he just grabs her hand and shakes it and says, "You're really great." While still shaking hands, Marcia says, "I am." Harold says, "Yeah, you really are, Juliet." Mike and Carol, still watching, look at each other
2: and laugh. Hmm. That's a great name, Harold Axelrod. That's such a great name. It's a porn name. It's a great it poor name. It is, yeah, yeah. That's pretty good. Um, also, I thought it was kind of funny that Marsha, I kind of got the feeling she was just looking for an excuse for this dude to make know. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, the She's script to says kiss. to kiss. Okay. <laughs> it also says later on that somebody gets stabbed. You want to do that too? Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, so? It's a rehearsal.
0: Well, his hair a little bit like, it sure does. Come here. <laughs> you saw that nine. too? It says in your script too?
2: Nice. <laughs> Scene nine. Later that night, Marsha is brushing her hair, getting ready for bed. When she says to herself in the mirror, you are Juliet. You're beautiful and noble. Bobby is then heard from the boys room. You're also hogging the bathroom.
0: <laughs> Marcia sighs
2: and rolls her eyes as the boys bang on the bedroom door. And I put in there. Tack does that. He looks what? in the mirror and goes, you are beautiful and noble. <laughs> <laughs> you are Juliet. You
0: oh. are Romeo. Yeah. <sighs> Scene 10. Quickly cutting into the boys' room, the boys are beating their meat against the bathroom door. No, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> They're beating at the bathroom door. Greg comes in to stop them. Bobby says with a great dramaticism, Juliet won't let us in. Peter says with an English girl's voice, she thinks it's her private bath. <laughs> Greg sighs and says, oh, it's getting worse and worse since we told her she was noble and beautiful. Greg bangs on the bathroom door and says, hey, come on, Marsha. Some of us peasants want to get in there. Marsha then opens the door and says, Greg. I agree. Greg says, that you're hogging the bathroom? Or she says, no, that you're peasants. And she quickly shuts the door.
2: Like, I don't know, is that door locked?
0: I don't know. Maybe. If maybe so, not.
2: these are the most polite teenage and <laughs> child boys ever. Like, because well, you know you they'd be do? opening like, up the door again. Get the fuck out. Like, seriously, like, okay, fine. That's a double sink. There's two different areas in it. Like, move your ass over and let us get our shit done. Like, but
0: they're not going to like barge in on a girl in the bathroom. She could be sh- sitting on she the just dumpster. She door. She could be taking a shower. She could be completely naked. She what just opened, opened the door. Huh?
2: She just opened the door. They know what she looks you. like. <laughs> <It> <laughs> but any other like. teenage or child boy, they'd be like, they'd just be opening up the barge. Okay, you need to get the fuck over. Like seriously, there's there's enough room for all of us in here. Go. <laughs> so, anyways, I hear you. scene eleven. That's that's French for 11. Oh. Yeah. How do a you few. say
0: seven in French? Seven.
2: Bon. Oh. <laughs> Hell
0: yeah. Wait, wait, wait. I got one more, one more. How do you say, I don't know, like um, croissant?
2: Croissant. Oh, so it's uh, like English. It's almost like you know I did Shakespeare. I'm, yeah.
0: Do you know what I'm quoting?
2: What's
0: that? <laughs> I'm quoting uh it's from family. <laughs> Family ties.
2: I don't remember that, son.
0: remember Nick?
2: Yeah. And somebody was talking about French or something. Scott Valentine. Sorry.
0: Yeah. somebody's saying something about French. And then he's like, how do you say, I don't know, like uh, croissant in French. And he's like, croissant. He's like, so it's a lot like English. <laughs> That's anyway, right. Sorry.
2: You said law in front of everything. I swear. Scene 11. 11. A few moments later, Marcia is in the girls' room with Jan and Cindy. Marcia walks over to the open closet and says to her sisters, I need more space, children. <laughs> in fact, I think I saw her head, like, you know, go to the side a little bit, like, you know, like with attitude. Maybe right? not, I don't know. Marcia begins to start sliding clothes around in the rack. Jan sees this and jumps up along with Cindy right behind her. Jan says, what are you doing to my dresses? They're all smushed now. Cindy adds, and mine are all (laughs) smooshier. Marsha continuing to hang hang her clothes on hangers says, there's no such word as smoosh. Besides, (laughs) my dresses have to look perfect. Mm. Jan Looking Stern says, what is so special about your dresses? Marsha goes on, everywhere I go, people are always looking at me. I am Juliet. Mm. Jan says, Well, I'm in the play, too, you know. Marsha scoffs and says, one line. It's different Mm. with me. I'm the star. Mm. Jan says, well, la-di-da. Cindy asks, what does that mean? Jan says, it means that Marsha is beginning to be a pain in the neck. Mm. Cindy says, oh, well, la-di-da. Jan yells some more at Marsha, and now Marsha is yelling back, which causes Mike and Carol to come in into the room. Mike asks what all the commotion is about. I always expect him to come in like Mr. Belding. Hey, 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 what is going (laughs) on here? Um, Cindy says, Marsha is trying to hog up all of the closet. Jan adds, and not only that, we can't even talk around here. We have to be quiet. So the star can study your lines. Marsha turns up her nose to Jan and says, I am a star. Mm. which causes all the girls to argue once again. Carol interrupts them and says, girls, girls, (laughs) girls, girls, girls. girls. (laughs) (laughs) You're supposed to be loving sisters. Remember? I can't help it if I have to practice my lines. Everybody wanted me to be in the play. Carol begins to help giving some advice, but Mike sees that it's not going anywhere and interrupts (laughs) saying what? Just that part was so funny. What?
0: Do you not listen to what you're reading?
2: Oh, no. I, I thought it was. I thought I messed up again. That's why I stopped. No,
0: no, no, no. Okay. no. Just, the part <laughs> was funny.
2: Carol begins to help giving some advice, but Mike sees that it's not going anywhere and interrupts <laughs> saying, but you are not the first woman of American theater. Now, listen, girls, being a lead in a play is a strain. Can't you cooperate with Marsha? Then Carol adds her wisdom and says, now come on and behave. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Mike and Carol exit the room. Just as they leave, Marcia says, I think I better rehearse my lines now. You and Cindy study in the family room.
0: Mm. I just thought oh. it was funny because like Carol starts to give some advice and like realizes it's <laughs> not going anywhere. Yeah. So he's just like, anyway. <laughs>
2: Mike's like, take it from me. It's really difficult to be a girl in American theater. Like, what? <laughs> um, how are they not sweating their asses off in these robes? Like, these are the heaviest are. robes I've ever seen. They're in a house in Los Angeles. Like, why are they dressed so warm? <laughs> I don't know. Also, you can tell that Mike and Kara were having a little bit of romance time. <laughs> like you could just the way they came in they were like what what the hell are you guys arguing and then mike when mike sees something isn't working right he's like let me take care of this real quick it'll be quicker you know what i mean and then see how quickly they left they were having a little bit a little bit of get down time if you know what i mean
0: is that why like carol's like mullet was kind of pushed up a little higher and you you notice how mike was hiding behind the door
2: (laughs) catch that shit yeah yeah it was a little it was a little bit of romance time so i'm trying to be vague you know cause i'm trying to abide by what the listener's suggestions but <laughs> Whatever. I, yeah but it's for real you know they had a little bit of mama papa time you know what i mean
0: a, maybe it's in earlier when he was like where's your mom at mm-hmm. yo, yo where's your mom at
2: yeah when he's like well i'm home from work early <laughs> You know I mean? And then he gets
0: all up behind her and he's like, he does, yeah. He starts so starts drawing home homework later today. Damn. And she's like, shut up. And he's like, why? She's like, not why right are we now, being quiet?
2: <laughs> Wait till the kids go to bed. Sorry, okay.
0: Fine. Anyway, scene 12. Moments later, Jan and Cindy bust in on the boys in the room and Jan says, I just thought I'd tell you not to breathe too loud. Her Majesty is rehearsing her lines. Greg rolls his eyes and says, Oh, no, she's really getting to be too much. Bobby adds, Yeah, we can't even get in the bathroom until three o'clock in the morning. Mm. Peter says, It sure was a swell idea to convince Marcia as to how great she was. Jen says, Yeah, what have we done? Greg says, I'll tell you what we've done. We've created a small, blonde Frankenstein.
2: Oh, dang.
0: Bobby says, Yeah, my sister. <laughs> and then he does this Igor impression, he goes, The month. <laughs> and then he makes monkey noise.
2: And then he makes monkey noises, yeah. And my only <laughs>
0: night
2: my only note was, What the F is up with Bobby? Like, why do they give him that weird shit to do? <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of funny. It, it is funny but they always give them that weird stuff like you can't just say like I don't know they can't give that to Peter or something but anyways <clears throat> <laughs> so yeah. this is where we take our next break mm. yes so Marsha wasn't feeling very beautiful or noble enough to star as Juliet in the school play mm. so the rest of the house decided to make sure she felt beautiful and noble but have they gone too far mm. Mm. we'll be back are you a fan of movies
1: or comics
2: or video games
0: or just anything else nerdy
2: well you should check out the zing this podcast and that's spelled
0: z-e-n-g
2: this and we have nerdy topics from Comic book reviews, to in-depth analysis of iconic nerdy movies, as well as video game discussions. Mm-hmm. Where's some of the best places to find us, Allie? Well, Podbean, of course. You can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Yeah. So check us out. Once again, that is zing, zing this. this. We are back. Mm. That was a good break, wasn't it? It was. Man, that was an interesting story you told. <laughs> Why don't you tell <laughs> us get <kidding? No. laughs> oh, god. <sighs> I have
0: something planned for you like that that I'm setting up for the next time I'm hosting the episode. Okay. I'm going to throw you into this whole like improv thing.
2: Okay.
0: All right, go ahead.
2: Oh, I thought... <laughs> so, I'm looking at the notes here.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> um, and apparently, so you had an interesting story, play story that you were going to tell us about, right?
0: <laughs> That's some weird wording. I didn't know how to write that. I guess a, a to quoting Saturday Night Live when they did that skit back in the '90s, where it was a a a theater stories. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I got a bunch, but one that kind of sticks out. I was doing this one, this one a uh, little short, I guess one act whatever mm-hmm. with these two other guys and uh we had practiced this and it was like a really fast-paced comedy that just needed to freaking go 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 one line after the other okay and it was really funny and we rehearsed it so many times and we had it down pretty good until one of the guys forgot his lines
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> see where i'm going with this and uh <laughs> it's and I'm just going to spoil the alert now. It was Jimmy. Jimmy forgot what? his line.
2: No, was my line. It was Mark's line. It was the exact
0: attitude Jimmy had to. And I'm like, Jimmy, it's your line. Jimmy, it's your line. And he's looking there like, well, it sucks to be you it's, guys. It's I'm just going to keep sitting here. What? <laughs> and so <clears throat> I know what his line is. So I'm thinking if I say the line, it'll cue the rest of the scene. And it'll still make sense if I say it. I can say it, too. It'll still work. So yeah. I say your line. And I'm like, I'm going to save the scene. I'm going to be the hero. Okay. And afterwards, you guys will, like, lift me up and be like, you're amazing. And right. so I say the line. I'm like, boom. And then I realize it's a line that was already said a while ago. And then I say it to Mark. And Mark just looks at me and goes, yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Oh my god! I just fucked it all <laughs> up. Oh but somehow we made it through the scene. I don't know how the hell we did it, but
2: oh and everybody was like, "Hey guys, that was that was an inter- really interesting play." <laughs> like, yeah, Do you was. guys
0: did you guys write that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you guys wrote that yourself, right? <laughs> no. no, no. Well, that time we did. <laughs>
0: Well, tag it anyway.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't supposed to be like that, no.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, you ever had those nightmares where you're just thrown on a stage and like you have no idea what's going on? Oh, yeah. That's how I felt. I was just like, oh my God, I just want to be off the stage. <laughs> just
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> turn the lights off, close the curtains. Come on, we're done. You know what I do in those dreams? I let <sighs> everybody else in the dream look stupid and I just sit there. It works every time. <laughs> Let's <clears throat> so
0: see how you get out of this one. You're just like... Boom. I, mean, I think at one point, I think you even like just got off the stage and sat in the front row and be like, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Try to act your way out of this one there, buddy.
2: Yeah, right? <laughs> that was it. I went, up to, I went to auditions one time. And it was for a show called Let Me a Tenor. And I was already told that I'd get the lead part. And... um. <laughs> and uh i was supposed to play there's he had a romantic lead that he's supposed to play opposite of and it's down to two girls yeah my (laughs) ex-girlfriend yeah and my (laughs) sister-in-law so my sister-in-law ends up getting it right yeah and um There was, there was, it wasn't just kissing, it was making out in the show, like (laughs) quite a few people made out throughout this course of the show to the point where all of us had the same like chapstick on at the end of it. Like that's how, how, (laughs) yeah. And so in one scene in particular, um, the curtains come up and me and, um, the character that my sister-in-law played are supposed to be making out as the lights come up. Right. And then All there's right. a knock on the door and then we get scared and, you know, anyways, when we go out the floor is marked with, um, with glow in the dark tape. And so yeah. we have the mark that my feet are supposed to stand on when I go to sit down. That way I won't miss the couch. Right. Yeah. Well, the problem was, is that Mark is supposed to sit in the center cushion of the couch. It's supposed to be right in front of the center cushion, but they didn't put the couch in the right spot. So now that Mark is on the left cushion of the couch. Right. She's supposed to sit on her knees on my lap and straddle me. And then that's how we make up when the curtains come up and make out when the curtains come up. Right. Mm -hmm. But because now I'm sitting on the left side of the couch, her knee can't get on the other side of me because I'm up against the the arm of the couch. Right. Okay. So her, her whole body is higher than it really should be. Now all this is in the dark and I can't see anything. (laughs) Right. So the lights come up. And we're making out, and I realized that her back has a really recessed spine, and I'm supposed to be rubbing her back. <laughs> yeah. It turns out it like it was her ass. And so the <laughs> curtains come up and I'm like rubbing her ass while she's making out with me. And I hear her whisper to me, she goes, Jimmy, that's my ass. And I said, I'm sorry, I thought it was your back. And to this day she has not let me live that down. She's like, How can you did you think I have a flabby back? Like, how could you think my back was but anyways? <clears throat> This show this this episode reminded me of it because um, typically with stuff like that you don't really kiss or make out until like tech week. You don't. Really, it's not like every rehearsal right, you're right. making out and stuff. Um, and the first time during tech week we had to do it. Now my wife, amongst all this, my wife is the stage manager. Yeah, yeah. So the first night we had to actually make out. Like me and Chris were really really nervous. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so we go on the stage and we do it. And then we get off stage. And as soon as we get off stage, my wife is standing there just staring at giving us this look like we did something wrong. Right. <laughs> and I'm standing there and I kind of look at Chris. And I look at my wife. I'm like, so what do you think? And she looked at me. And she goes. That sucked. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, Megan, you knew that we would be making it. She's like, no, like that looked like you didn't want to do it. Like that was horrible. Mm-hmm. And I realized my wife's like giving me a hard time because I wasn't making out with my sister in law good enough. <laughs> right. So it was just an interesting thing. It's reminded me of a little bit. That's
0: so. <laughs> funny. When you were talking about it being dark and everything, it yeah made me remember from my story that I told. That that scene, I don't know if you even remember this. That scene was doomed from the beginning. Why? Because <laughs> because the scene is supposed to lights are down, curtains are shut, and the curtain opens up and lights come on. And the scene is supposed to be the three of us have been in a meeting like all day and we're exhausted. Right. Right. But that night's performance, for some reason, I didn't make it onto the set yet, onto the Mm -hmm, stage yet. mm -hmm. I was still backstage. And then the lights come up, the curtains up. I'm like, shit, I'm not even out there yet. So I had to like walk out late and sit down. I I think I made up some dumb line (laughs) because I wrote the play that night. Like, hey, sorry I'm late. But then also had to pretend like I've been sitting there all day. <laughs> I was yeah. like,
2: oh me and Mark man. were on stage going, "Where the fuck is Tech?" And I look at Mark <laughs> and I go like this. I go, "Watch this. He'll be here. Just wait." No, watch this. Watch. Watch me fuck this up. Watch this. Watch this. <laughs> like, nope, my not my one. Nope. Maybe next time he'll be on stage All right. We should get back into this. We wish. All right. All right. When we left off. Yeah. Marsh was feeling kind of like an acorn or a painted maypole. What's that? It's a Shakespeare (laughs) humor. Sorry. Okay. (laughs) Shakespeare fans out there would would know what that means. Anyways, Mm -hmm. uh, Marsh was feeling kind of ugly and uh, she didn't think she was really worthy of playing Juliet. So the rest of the house is trying to cheer up. Will it help? Let's find out. Scene 13. We see Carol sitting in the kitchen on the phone. She's selling advertisements for the school program. She gets off the phone and announces that she sold another ad for the program. This time from Schultz's Deli. Actually, she says Schultz's Delicatessen. Hmm. Alice answers, what a combination. Shakespeare and Salami. Hmm. Just then, Peter walks in, seeming frustrated. He asks Carol if she knows where Marcia is because she's supposed to be helping him clean the garage. Mm. Carol, of course, pawns us off on Peter and tells him to go up to her room and remind her. Mm. Peter does this strange leg kick arm wave (laughs) as he says, Hark, who goes there? And then (laughs) exits. Even Carol seems confused as she asks, What was that? Um... I put on there. I've had to do this before, but I have no idea what the hell they're talking about. Well, oh, what I'm talking about, I mean,
0: right? Like you've had to go upstairs and tell Marcia to help with yeah, the exactly. Like <laughs> I have to
2: do this before. Oh no, no, no! The school programs, the the, the program oh. advertisements. I've had to, to try to solicit advertisements from people for the programs. Oh, gotcha. So that was kind of funny because, like, I'm not back in the 70s. They were doing that too. That's so funny, but <laughs> yeah. Um, also, Peter looks so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because he had to go. Yeah, because he's like it. I'm out there cleaning the fucking garage. Like, and bitch ain't out here. Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, can you go do my job too as a mom? Like, you can go up and tell her to do her job. <laughs> sure, I'll do Marsha's job and yours. Yeah. Any other women's job you need me to do? Yeah, Carol
2: now? is such a fucking lazy mom. <laughs> she's like Peggy Bundy. I swear. <laughs> she just have her sit on the couch and eat bonbons. Like that's pretty much all she's good for. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so have you noticed that Alice is always
0: having to do something like mm-hmm. made things like she basically is always doing labor, yeah. you know, whether it's like in every scene, she was she's drying dishes like she was in this yeah. one yeah. or she's folding laundry or, she, you know, it's like, <laughs> well, we're going to have you in this scene, Alice, what you're going to be doing is rearranging the pantry. So we're going to have you pull everything out. In fact, once you get started <laughs> on it now, and then we're not going to shoot for another half hour or so. But
2: like, do you think that's a um, a director's thing where the director's like, oh, I'll just have her do made shit. I don't know. Or do you think that's <laughs> Ann B. Davis where they don't, they say, well, you're just going to be in the kitchen doing whatever Alice does. Do you think that's stuff that Ann Davis made up on the spot, like as business to do? Or do you no. think it's business that was given to her by the director?
0: Probably given to her by the director, I'm sure. Because they got to mix it up. I'm sure there was somebody on the writer's staff who was like, we can just have her fucking make a salad. Like, well, she did that in the last three episodes. Cool. Yeah, can yeah, we yeah. have her do something else?
2: <laughs> well, see, I kind of liked the scene earlier where she's with Greg sitting at the table.
0: <laughs> yeah, taking a I load kinda, off for a change.
2: Yeah, I kind of <laughs> She just kind of sits next to him, pulls her, pours herself a glass of milk, and she's just kind of sitting there, taking a break, relaxing with Greg. And I, th- I just thought it was kind of a. I mean, not to sound dumb, but I thought it was kind of a cool little moment between Greg and Alice. Like she's just sitting there, equal to him, as opposed to. You know, making oh, him a serious there was a moment. Yeah, there, there was a moment. a moment. Oh yeah, he looked into <laughs> her eyes and was like, "Yes." <laughs>
0: All right. So, scene yeah. fourteen. Now in the girl's room, we see Marcia seated at her vanity. How appropriate, brushing her hair. Mm-hmm. The door slowly opens as Peter walks in. Peter spots her brushing her hair and asks, "You're brushing your hair again?" Marcia informs him that she has to brush it one hundred strokes. Three times a day. Mm. That's what keeps me beautiful. Peter tells her that she's going to brush it clean off her head. (laughs) Marsha chuckles at the joke, asking if that's why he came in here.
2: Do you think that was um, an acting chuckle or do you think that was a real chuckle? (laughs) Probably an acting one. I thought it was real. I thought it looked like she, because it was almost the same kind of chuckle she gave Mike a couple of episodes ago when he made some kind of joke. And she just like almost lost it. It was like like lost character for a second and was laughing. That seemed like the same kind of chuckle.
0: Oh, <laughs> you know, when Marcia says that she has to brush it like 100 strokes three yeah. times a day, I thought for right. sure Peter was going to be like, hey, I do that too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you meant 100 year. strokes three times a day? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Greg's up to two now. Peter tells <laughs> her that he came in to remind her. Of her share of the work around there. Yes. Marcia's right. Marcia seems insulted asking me. <laughs> Marcia answers. Do I have to remind you that I'm the star of the school play? <laughs> it also reminds him that Juliet wouldn't do such menial labor. Peter tells her that her head has gotten so big that he doesn't think there's room for the both of them in the same garage and walks out. Mm. In a huff.
2: Yes. Mm. Yes, Lord. Sorry. Um, <laughs> um Peter kind of and this is more of an acting thing, but to me it looked like Peter was slightly upstaging her.
0: Peter looked like he was upstaging her?
2: Yeah, you don't think so? No. You mean like
0: like physically, geographically, or do you mean like, yeah, like he was the, acting the, better than her?
2: No, no, I mean in the, in the literal sense he was upstaging her. Oh, because I don't like know. he's it's not so a play. He's so no. yeah, but it's, it's still a performance. He's so Upstage of her That she's having to turn Almost completely around So that part of her Shoulder and back Are, are facing the camera Just to look him in the eye Oh Like he should have been down Closer know. to the camera more Yeah I suppose
0: so Anyways
2: Anyways uh,
0: so, so this is where we hear the line for the first time talking about how she does a hundred strokes a day. One, yeah, yeah. two. And this, I think they make fun of that in the 90s movies, right? Where that's what like,
2: I thought. Yeah, 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 Well, that's why I think the whole persona of her being full of herself in the 90s movies, I think came from this, I think. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Scene 15. Marsha <laughs> is now rehearsing the famous balcony scene. But when we hear giggling, it's revealed that Jan and Cindy... Greg and Bobby are all watching the rehearsal and chuckling at it. Hmm. Bobby even mocks part of the monologue himself saying, tis but thy name that is mine enemy. Mm-hmm. Marcia gets frustrated, crosses over to the window and tells Greg and Bobby parting is such sweet sorrow as she closes the blinds. Mm. She then directs her attention to Jan and Cindy crosses to them saying, we need to rehearse. Marcia then directs Romeo to take it from, "It is thy hand." But when Harold tries to do his part, he is bombarded by the direct, by directing notes from Marcia. Hmm. Marcia is growing more and more impatient with Harold not taking her direction. But Harold puts his foot down, saying she should do her part her way and let him do his part his way. Marcia answers, "Not if you're going to ruin the play." Hmm. When Harold tries to argue more, Marcia gets fed up with it and finally tells him that she cannot work with him if he's going to act like a child. When Harold reminds her that he's 15, the same age as the real Romeo, (laughs) Marcia strikes back telling him that he was mature and that she will only work with a mature Romeo. Then she walks out in a huff Mm. once again.
0: So like... (laughs) Why does Harold want her to call him butt
2: love? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> we made that joke like, in the Shakespeare show. <laughs> <laughs> like, call me butt love. Like, ah, butt love. That's fine. <laughs> this reminds me of, of our moms.
0: <laughs> I have a note about that in the next scene.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about it in the next scene. And, all right. <laughs> um, I, it, I, would, I would just straight up quit if I had to work with somebody like this. This is terrible. <laughs> like his glasses and i'm teasing um no i mean but like, like marsha giving a direction like that like this goes back to my previous comment like does this show not have a director like why are they at home rehearsing why are they <laughs> not rehearsing at the theater
0: well they're just rehearsing at home i mean i've rehearsed at home before too well huh? you
2: run lines at home but you don't rehearse at home i got because you. you really need to rehearse in front of a director you can't really rehearse at home right so. Right, right.
0: scene 16 we now see Marcia standing on something doing, of course, the balcony scene, because apparently that's the only scene Juliet has. <laughs> we then pan out to see Mike and Carol at the bottom of the stairs with Marcia upstairs. When Marcia gets a line wrong, Carol corrects her. She tries again, but Mike stops her this time. Marsha gets frustrated, interrupting with what's the difference? Mike tries to explain to her that she's changing a lot of words. Marcia, still riding her high horse, explains that she just doesn't feel like saying them the correct way. Carol explains, this time reminding her, if she changes the words, she also changes the meaning. Marcia looks horrified, asking, I have to say them word for word? Mike puts it in perspective, saying, I think it would be a little difficult improving on Shakespeare, don't you? Marcia, pleading her case, asks, What's more important than the feeling and instinct of an actress? Carol answers, Even the greatest actress in the world doesn't change Shakespeare. Marcia informs her that she's going to. Mm. <clears throat> Mike puts his foot down with his trademark, Now you wait a second, Marcia. I think you're getting a little silly about this. I think you're getting carried away. But Marcia, unfazed, informs Carol and Mike that they don't understand acting and Harold doesn't either. And that's why she refused to rehearse with Harold anymore. She then tells Carol and Mike that she wants a new Romeo and that she has had enough rehearsing and exits the room. Mike stares for a second and says, first the part is too big for her, now she's a little too big for the part.
2: I thought (sighs) that blocking was really interesting on this like with Marsha upstairs. Yeah, yeah. Like with Marsha upstairs and the parents downstairs. because I mean, because at first I was like, that's really awkward. Like, why couldn't they just do that on the couch? And I almost wrote that as a note. But then as the scene went on and I saw that, like, the parents were struggling to get a hold of Marsha, but Marsha just wasn't even listening. I was mm-hmm. like, I-, I really like her being really high up on the stairs and the parents being really down low and having everything the parents say completely be unaffected to Marsha. Right. I, th- I thought that was pretty neat. I don't know if that was intentional, but I still thought it was pretty neat. It might be. Yeah, it was a little bit of a metaphor there. Yeah, exactly. And also, I thought it was funny. That, you know, Robert, and I said this before, you know, Robert Reed was biting his his lip in the scene. You like, <laughs> know, the whole thing about where you can't really improve on Shakespeare because he had Shakespeare background. and so, mm-hmm. yeah. I've had directors tell me that.
0: Right. So, this is the scene that made me think of rehearsing or running lines <laughs> with my mom. <laughs> oh, God. I used to hate this because I'm just running lines to learn the lines. I'm not exactly. acting. Yes, I'm yes. not. But <laughs> our <mouths were laughs> yes, they were always insistent on acting with you. You know, <laughs> and they would say yeah. their line of like trying to act and like like just just read the line. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
2: <laughs> For me, I would try to I would try to go through the lines as quickly as possible because because <laughs> the less time you give yourself, you know, the more you just you know. Doing. Right,
0: they're trying to give you like stage direction no you should say it like this i'm like i'm just learning the lines that's it i'm not acting and like you shouldn't be acting either it's embarrassing
2: <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah it's like you're not the one that got a part <laughs> not to be mean but you're not the one that got the part boy yeah. when i was in I'm college juliet okay thank you when i was in college is when i did um a midsummer and yeah. uh I had this director that was, he was, he was a real stickler on Shakespeare stuff. Like he, he insisted, uh, well, first in order to be in the show, you had to take a class and it was a a class where you analyzed parts of shows and stuff. And of course the last show that we analyzed was Shakespeare was Midsummer, And, Mm. um, he had us first, we had to go through and we had to buy a, a Shakespeare dictionary and we had to go through our parts and be able to define all the words that we said, so that all we knew the meaning of every sentence. And it was only then were we allowed to start doing blocking and memorizing and stuff like that. Well, I was doing one of Puck's um, um, monologues, soliloquies, and I got the meaning of something wrong because he's talking about mortals and how they have feelings and everything, and uh, I kind of got the interpretation wrong. And he, and, and now, granted, this is Tech Week; we have a full audience. Like, but yet, granted it's people from the college, but it's full audience. And so he stops everything because he had the microphone. He stops everything. He's like, did you even read the script? (laughs) I'm like, what? Did you even read the script? I'm like, yes. And he's like, bullshit. Get the fuck off my stage (laughs) until you learn your part. I'm like, wow. Yeah. So I go to walk off the stage and he goes, oh, and Jimmy. And I turn around and look and he goes, if you're going to fucking cry about it, go home.
0: You can leave that like, hurt bunny looking at home. <laughs> I'm like,
2: wow. So I, just, I was like, yes, sir. So I get off the stage and I I kind of, I went through the dictionary had me and I kind of sort of saw what he was talking about, not really. It's like an hour later, he comes out and he's like, are you ready now? I said, I think so. So I get up on stage and before I start, just to add insult to injury and he goes, you better not be wasting my time. <laughs> That's
0: awesome. So I'm like,
2: so I go through it and I did it and there's a long pause at the end of the seat and he's like, I guess that'll work. Let's continue. I'm like, and so cut to, (laughs) I mean, at the end of the show, we did that for like a, like a Shakespeare festival. And at the end of it, I was offered a part with a, with a Shakespearean acting company. Um, but it was like the next semester I was in the bathroom peeing and he comes up, takes the stall beside me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) The director did. Yeah. And it's kind of awkward for a second. And he goes, I just wanted to tell you good job in the Shakespeare show. And I said, well, you, you, you could have fooled me. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, but you're the type that if I would have talked to you that way, you would have quit trying. He said, you were doing a good job from the beginning, but if I wouldn't have acted like that, then you would have stopped trying. That was the last show I did with him. I didn't like that directing style, but anyways, I just thought that was an interesting <laughs> story because it's Shakespeare. You know,
0: no, it's kind of funny because, uh, I don't know if you heard this story or not, but when we did Hamlet with Mr. Ellington as the director, i'm mm-hmm. um, like i got yelled at once and uh but not as bad as our friend matt if you remember <laughs> matt press
2: <laughs> fat Mass? <laughs> sorry He uh, he we in like, middle school it was mean yeah
0: yeah yeah he, uh, he had done a set of line or something like that that was just terrible or something like that and mr ellington got so mad he like stops the rehearsal and he's like no stop matt that sucks you suck and I'll just like
2: straight yell <laughs> and he's like do it again I was like oh my god wow was it the way he said it or the fact that he just fucked up the line I don't even remember I might not have even been paying attention either
0: but I just we all heard Mr. Allen just just screaming mad no Matt Matt that
2: sucked I remember that one kid in drama class raises his hand and he goes Mr. Ellington, it, it hurts when I talk <laughs> Then shut up <laughs> yeah. That same kid he made him sit next to the light socket of the rest of the class and make sure no electricity escaped. Remember that? No. Oh yeah, I remember that. There was that I can't remember the kid's name. He wore glasses, had a mullet. Well, that's describing half the kids in a school, but uh, I can't remember I what the kid's name. Was. About, yeah. To a Rome. You're Rome, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, he made him sit next to the power outlet and make sure no, escape, uh, no electricity escaped.
0: Ah, oh, that sounds like some fun stuff we do to people in the military.
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's so anyways, we're wasting time again. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, scene 17, at the school, we are now seeing rehearsal. Hmm. The play begins and Harold takes Marcia's hand to kiss it, but both his glasses and his hat fall off, hitting Marcia in the arm. Hmm. Marcia scolds him, telling him, Harold, you're so clumsy. He's then instructed to try the scene without his glasses. While the director comes up on stage and takes his glasses, Marsha has now climbed the balcony and Carol is watching the rehearsal. (laughs) When Harold begins saying his lines again, she's not in the correct space. The teacher stops the rehearsal and asks Marsha what the fuck she's doing up there. (laughs) Marcia tells her she just felt like moving. (laughs) The teacher tells her that they didn't block it that way. It's unfair to the other actors for her to change her blocking. Marsha tells her that she's trying to improve the play and asks her if it's Mm. wrong to try to improve the play. The teacher tells her to get down anyways, which she does. In a half, sorry. Mm. (laughs) But this time, by the time Harold says his line, Marsha has now come down from the balcony and he is once again facing the wrong direction. When Marcia begins, she once again, she's once again stopped by the teacher and told that this time she skipped a line. But Marcia defensively says it's hard to concentrate with all these distractions. The teacher then informs Marcia that she shouldn't blame Harold for her mistakes. Mm, mm. Mm -hmm. The teacher then tells them they've had enough rehearsing and tells them that they'll have more tomorrow. After the kids leave, Carol sheepishly walks out onto the stage. She approaches the teacher, telling her that she stopped by to show her the final layout for the program, but sees that she has a much bigger problem. Hmm. The teacher tells Carol that Marcia could do the show just fine if Carol butts in saying if she didn't think she was junior high's answer to Sarah Bernhardt. The teacher reminds Carol that there's only a few more rehearsals until the show opens. Carol tells the teacher that they have to do something about it, and let's just hope it's the right thing.
0: Mm. Oh, God. So there was a lot of... Stage issues facing the wrong way because Harold apparently can't see Dick without his glasses. And then he yeah. literally pulls a Velma from Scooby-Doo where he drops yeah. his glasses and is on the floor. Like, can't, Cause he can't find them even though they're right in front of his face. He's yeah. feeling around like, where are my glasses?
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But also at the same time, she shouldn't be changing blocking.
0: Well, no, of course not.
2: <laughs> you remember, uh, Greg Mills is that name? He was, we were in, um, hello dolly with him. What? Who? Greg Mills? I don't know. No, was it Hello Dolly? Where yeah, he he played Barnaby in Hello Dolly. No, Cornelius. I'm sorry, played Cornelius in Hello Dolly. I don't know. Well, anyways, he's he's now in Phantom of the Opera on Broadway, and um, that's cool. What's funny about it is he told me that when you go out for shows out there, like you're expected to be off book and know you're and you're expected to be off book by your first blocking rehearsal, and then once that they once they say that everything's finalized blocking wise, you get in really, really big trouble if you change your blocking. So I just <laughs> well, thought, yeah. thought that was kind of, cause they got lights and stuff. Anyways, I just thought that was interesting. Um, yeah. Like Mr. Ellington or any other like real director <laughs> would not have <laughs> put up with that for that. I mean, cause the show you're the shows that you've brought up, you were the same age as Marsha. Yeah. Like, it's not like you're not, it's not like you're comparing apples to oranges. You were, this was a middle school production that you were in. right you know of shakespeare mr ellington obviously from what you've told us would not have put up with this shit for this long no he would have like week one he would have been like what the hell are you guys doing (laughs) um and he sure as hell if he would have found out that you were rehearsing with somebody at home he would have been like no it's not gonna happen no you rehearse here so i thought that was intel rest in
0: Gotcha. (laughs) All right, scene 18. Once again, we're up in the girls' room where Marcia is brushing her hair. Carol walks in and tells Marcia that she sent a final program layout to the printers today. Marcia tells her that she wishes Harold wasn't in it and that he was awful in rehearsal today. But Carol lays the law down telling Marcia that her name isn't going to be in it. (laughs) Marcia gets confused, asking, what do you mean? Carol continues telling her that she was at the rehearsal that afternoon. Marcia looks sheepish as... He, oh, Marcia looks sheepish as she... <laughs> There's a lot of messages. <laughs> I didn't even realize that when I wrote it. <laughs> Marcia... <laughs> Marcia looks sheepish
2: as she... <laughs> that's awesome. <as> she, <laughs> that's a tongue twister. I didn't even realize that. That's a lot of (laughs) shh-shh-shh. Marsha looks
0: sheepish as she asks, you were.
2: (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome.
0: I'm pushing through it. She informs Marsha that her and the teacher decided that for the good of the play and for her own good, she's been replaced. Marsha, shocked, turns in her chair asking, replaced me? You replaced me? <laughs> I'm sorry, Carol. What? Yeah, she calls her Carol. <laughs> <laughs> Carol tells her that her understudy is going to replace her. Marsha raises her voice, telling Carol, but I'm better than her. Carol tells her it has nothing to do with being better. It's her attitude. When Marcia asks what she means... Carol tells her that she's become rude to her family and friends and have become impossible to live with. But Marcia simply tells Carol she's being unfair. Carol, starting to feel bad, tells Marcia that it's not all her fault and that they encouraged it. That's so <laughs> funny. <laughs> That's such bullshit, but okay. <clears throat> it's not your fault. I'm just a bad mom. But she's letting go to her head. Marcia, now crying, tells Carol that she doesn't understand. Carol puts an end to it, telling Marcia she does understand, but she has brought this on herself. Then exits, leaving Marcia in tears. Marcia screams out, Mom! One last time before turning and watching herself cry in the mirror, which she did.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And this is a dust statement. I know you're going to agree. But if this was Greg... Yeah. This episode would be filled with a bunch of eye rolls from Carol and a bunch of bitchy <laughs> sarcastic comments from her. And like yeah. now but when it's Marsha, it's like, well, you know, you're not all to blame. It's partially my fault too. What the fuck are you talking about? If this was Greg, it wouldn't be partially <laughs> your fault. It would be Mike, you need to go talk to your son because he's being a little dick. Like
0: Mike do something.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Oh. All right. Scene nine. We are now down in the family room where we see Peter and Jan getting ready for opening night.
1: Mm. They thank
2: Alice and Carol for fixing their costumes and run out practicing, more like yelling their lines as Mike walks in. Mike <laughs> Nearer my God to thee. <laughs> my- <laughs> From that same show. Uh, see, funny. Remember that line. Um, <laughs> Mike. <laughs> I thought that's what you were gonna say. <laughs> Mike walks in asking if Marsha has changed her mind about food. Carol says no and even defends her, saying I can't blame her. <laughs> Whatever. Just then the phone rings. It's the drama teacher, and it's for Carol. Mm. Carol crosses to the phone, but not before randomly saying, I hope she has good news. We sure could use some around here. <laughs> She gets off the phone and tells the room that Lady Capulet has the mumps and can't play Hmm. the part. Mike jokes. I hope she doesn't give it to the whole town of Verona. Alice adds, if she does, it'll be the lumpiest case in history. (laughs) (laughs) Carol (laughs) Carol exclaims, it's too late to get someone else for the part. But just then we hear a voice asking, do you think they let me do the part? We see Marcia at the door. Marsha tells them that she'll learn the parts real fast, word for word, and <laughs> won't cause any trouble. Carol turns to Mike and Alice to get their opinion, then turns back, telling Marsha it's a very small part and not very glamorous. She then tells Marsha that it's Juliet's mother. Marsha answers, That's okay as a single tear forms in her eye. <laughs> Carol then runs over and hugs her, saying, Welcome back to the play, as Allison Mike clap.
0: <laughs> I got some notes about this little scene here. Yeah. Okay, first off, mumps, what century is this?
2: Exactly, yeah.
0: <laughs> of course, there was a measles outbreak in season one as well, yeah. which we still haven't measles. done that episode yet. <clears throat> and then just the way, like, It's all quiet, and then Marsha peeks her head in, and like (laughs) soft, sad violin plays, and you hear, Mother, do you think think they would let me do it?
2: (laughs) See, if it was Greg- Oh, honey. If it was Greg, it would have been like, Mom, Dad, like soft music plays, (laughs) do you think they let me do it? Carol would have turned and been like, "How your ass is grounded, isn't it? You ain't going to be in no damn play. Get up in your room. But when it's March, it's like, oh, come here, baby girl. Come here. Of course you can. Get the fuck out of here. Right. So we
0: also get to see a little bit of uh, how much power Carol actually has. So I said, oh, so Carol can make decisions on who gets what part. And she <laughs> apparently. apparently can just cast it without telling Miss Goodwin.
2: And why is Miss Goodwin calling her? She's the like the fucking publicist or whatever, right? <laughs>
0: And then she's like, oh, I guess this person, you know, just letting you know that this person can't, you know, do the part. And like, oh, well, that sucks. I'm like, well, that's okay. I cast on my daughter. Like, and it's like, why are you casting this play at yeah, all? Exactly.
2: I'm sure on Broadway when they had like Nathan Lane and and Matthew Broderick doing the producers and, you know, Nathan Lane got sick, I'm sure they were like, quick, somebody call that lady that does the programs. <laughs> See if she can figure this out for us. I mean, that old lady, we only seen like twice. And also, like, why is Carol getting so emotional? Like, what the fuck? Like, why is she it's, emotional? That's so funny about... I
0: gotta go back to the old lady in the program. <laughs> Sorry. Because <laughs> it's, like, it's like, hey, just letting you know that the program is going to be wrong tonight because this person can't make it to the performance. Right. So that old lady's like, "Oh, so it's my job to recast the role?" Okay, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, no, I'm just letting you know because it's your program. <laughs> like, I'm not giving you permission to recast. Well, well what
2: I was got fun- my cousin Eddie to do it. He said he could do it. What was funny was it, what was what was Carol's friend's name that she hates talking to? Martha. Martha. You know, later on, she's calling Martha, going, "So you'll never guess what happened." And she's like, "What's that?" <laughs> Well, Marsha was cast in the school play, right? And can you believe she got a really big head and started, like, ordering people around and making decisions and stuff for everybody else on her own? Really, what happened? Well, anyways, Marsha wasn't in anymore, and somebody, you know, couldn't get cast, and then I started making decisions about it and started recasting things on my own. You know, I don't know where Marsha gets that from. Like, really? It's, <laughs> like, full circle. Like, it's not your place to, to make these decisions. <laughs> what the hell? Miss
0: Goodwin is, like... Okay, you understand I just called you to
2: inform me because you're in charge of the program. Because you know what happened. You know when they went, some poor little girl was like, "Uh, well, okay, I guess you're not going on because apparently Carol told this other kid that you could... Oh, it happens to be your daughter. Okay, of course. Okay. (laughs) Sorry, Cindy, or Cindy Luhu, whatever your name is. Like, you can't do it because apparently Carol's fucking daughter that just got kicked out of the show has to do it. Okay.
0: Didn't she get fired for sucking? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. but... You know, it's the chairman's fucking daughter. So
2: <laughs> She got in trouble for, you know, making decisions for people. So I went ahead and made the decision to cast her. You don't mind, do you? Okay. Do you? Would you? No, of course not. I wouldn't want that to happen. <laughs> Sorry.
0: Exactly. All right. <clears throat> Scene 20. Everyone is now coming home from the show. Everyone looks all dapper except Greg, who looks ridiculous with his <laughs> ugly red. You know, I didn't write this because I don't notice clothes. Ugly red butterfly collar that appears to be popped up in the back. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone begins heading upstairs to go to bed as the adults stay down in the living room. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're all standing around talking about how sad Romeo and Juliet is. Carol asked Alice what part she thought was sad. Or the what was your saddest part, which I thought was the weirdest question to ask yeah, somebody. No, right? yeah. Alice tells them that Romeo dying was sad and that Julia dying was sad too. But the saddest part was Jan saying, Who goes there before Peter said hark? <laughs> 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 All that rehearsing and they fucked it up. Yeah. Yeah, <sighs> and that's the
2: end of the episode. That's the end of the episode. So that was fun. It was fun. And funny. <laughs> oh, funny. Yeah. So do you do you know the difference in the ending between West Side Story and Romeo and Juliet?
0: Um I mean aside from it being a different time <laughs> and all that.
2: Well, yeah, yeah, but I'm talking about the ending.
0: Um let's see. I'm trying to remember either ending. So Obviously, in a West Side Story, better.
2: Yeah. Well, because so, West Side Story is a sad ending in and of itself.
0: Well, she doesn't die at the end of the West Side no, Story, she does she? No, she doesn't, no.
2: In In West Side Story, he dies. She discovers him, and she wants to die. She gets the, the gun, and she yeah. kind of wants to, to kill herself. Spoiler alert, she doesn't. But in Romeo and Juliet, the same scenario plays out where she discovers him dead. She takes poison, I believe it is, to make herself die. But it turns out that he was just faking his death so that once everybody thought he was dead, him and Juliet could run off together. Right. He wakes up and finds her dead and he kills himself. But by then, all the poison's gone. So I believe he stabs himself with a sword.
0: And then 20 years later, she goes out on a boat with... uh, (laughs) That's
2: true. Yeah, with uh, Christopher Walken and that dude from uh, uh, Austin Powers right I, I want to say Robert Redford is that no, right no it's Robert uh, what's the guy that played number two in, in um, awesome Powers yeah Dowers? yeah Robert Lo- Robert Stack no, I'm just no not Robert Stack. <laughs> Robert Stack Robert something it was
0: an Unsolved Mysteries
2: so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about them
0: yeah yeah I always forget who his name is yeah yeah
2: yeah which they st- some people still think he's guilty but whatever <clears throat>
0: true all right Jimmy the time has come oh no <laughs> I have a couple of reviews to read off of Ugh. Apple Podcasts. Okay. You ready? Let me
2: guess. They're from women between the ages um, of forty and sixty, and they're from California.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> but but good call on that. That's a good okay. call back too. That's our most common <laughs> uh listener is it's forty I can't remember forty five to fifty nine. Something like that. I can't remember exactly. Women In California. Yeah. Listening on Apple Podcasts. That's weird.
2: So, anyways, there's some homework (laughs) assignment. Oh. All
0: right. So, so this first one is entitled, well, first of all, it's from ABBA Fan USA.
2: Hmm, Interesting. You're a fan of ABBA. Hmm.
0: I do like ABBA. And it's entitled, Alice Really Was the Puppet Master is the subject. (laughs)
2: Yes.
0: (laughs) And it's uh, four stars. So it says, I just recently discovered this podcast, so I'm still catching up. I'm now on season two. Mm, Nice. The negatives. Uh The show is longer than it needs to be. Too much catching up or promoting other things in the beginning. I usually forward 10 minutes in where the actually Brady episode starts. One of the hosts spends the entire podcast clearing his throat. (laughs) And has the loudest wheezing laugh. I don't know who they're talking about. This is weird. (laughs) And why start a podcast about a show that you have to rely on streaming sources to watch? You couldn't buy the DVDs first. (laughs) (laughs) Cheap used copies are available on Amazon and eBay. Hey, there's a gift ID you can send us, listeners. There you go. (laughs) Especially for the measles episode, which you couldn't find online. The positives. As a lifelong diehard Brady fan, I'm loving all the sarcasm, conspiracy theories, and continuity errors pointed out. Some I've even missed myself. Hmm. The fun character assassinations are spot on. All in all, it's fun listen to pass the time. Right on. So appreciate that, ABBA fan, USA. All right. The next one is from Mom of the Wild One.
2: Oh man, dang! Is this your mom?
0: Five stars, because <laughs> you're the wild one. <laughs> I'm a real wild one. I couldn't read all of the subject, but it says they pronounce my name wrong. I think I don't know. Five right? stars. I don't know. Oh. It says if you're a diehard fan of the Brady Bunch and like podcasts, then this is the one for you. Oh, Tack man, I thought, and gonna, Jimmy, so I thought
2: it for sure it was going to be like that. Don't listen to this one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I told you it's five stars. So. Oh,
2: okay. I wasn't listen. Sorry.
0: Tack and Jimmy are fun, entertaining, and give an awesome recap of the Brady Bunch episodes. Even those even those awful Grand Canyon ones. <laughs> oh, God.
2: Thank God. I was wondering if everybody else thought they were bad.
0: <laughs> Looking forward to when they get to the amusement park and Cousin Oliver. Nobody oh, I forgot about is Cousin excited Oliver. for Cousin Oliver.
2: Ugh. I'm sure not. Is it women? So they're excited for Cousin Oliver?
0: <laughs> Apparently.
2: Wow. Okay. Well, maybe we'll miss something. Maybe maybe it means different. Like, you know, like if we watch the whole thing in continuity. So. Yeah. I'm
0: uh-huh. hoping that when the Brady Bunch is over, maybe they will move on to Leave it the Beaver, another Ooh. super favorite show.
2: That would be interesting, wouldn't it? Hmm. Huh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that, Mom of the Wild One. Awesome, awesome. So please, for everybody else, please feel free to do a rate and review. Yes. You can do it on Apple Podcasts as well as
2: Podchaser and CastBox. But yeah, we uh, we definitely appreciate those reviews, both of them. Um, <sighs> mm-hmm. And you know what? <sighs> ABBA, I, I've, I've tried to talk to Tack about that laugh. So <laughs> anyway. And, you know, the, the clearing the throat thing, right? Am
0: I, like, I get it. I, like first of all, when I edit the show, I cut out so many throat <laughs> clears. So many. Oh, my God.
1: Oh,
0: <clears throat> so I'm surprised even some of them make their way through. Please I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised some may actually make their way in, so. Right. But, yeah. That's pretty funny, but the wheezing—I can't help. Sorry, call me Wheezy Jefferson because I don't care.
2: <laughs> what's well? What's funny is I have the same laugh.
0: <laughs> I'm not going to change for you or anybody. Sorry. Well, I
2: have the same laugh, but also yeah. what's funny is, um, it's like you know we're when we're in the same room, it's not that big of a deal, but right now yeah. we're we're at our own houses, you know, and yeah. um, when Tac does clear because there's like tax saying there's a lot of clearing your throat that you don't hear, <laughs> yeah. I do because he does it into the microphone. It about blows on my eardrums. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I just thought that was kind of funny.
0: <clears throat> yeah. When we're in the same room, I can't cut those out. So. <laughs> right,
2: right, right. Yeah. right. They do have what's called, you know, smoking mirrors. They do have something that's called a cough button that I've thought about buying. Not just, this isn't a joke. Like, like I, I thought about right. buying it and your XLR plugs into the cough button and then, yeah. and then you have another XLR that runs into your board. And then every time you have to cough, you press that button and it cuts out your microphone for a second
0: but it'll still be picked up on your mic
2: if we're in the same room
0: yeah but if we're not it doesn't matter i can cough all through this while you're talking well you could probably yeah that's true
2: yeah you're right so anyways we do appreciate those reviews and we do we do take those to heart and i think that's why because it it seems like we're playing it up as a joke but i really do get nervous like tack can tell you i really that's why he doesn't tell me that we have reviews until we're on air (laughs) I really do get nervous listening to them because, you know, me and Tech really do care about the podcast and we do listen to the reviews and we do care about what people think. And so, you know, we put a lot into the show and, you know, when something's not done right or something's not working, it it, it doesn't really sting at all, but it it, it kind of makes me feel bad that we hadn't caught on to that sooner because uh, we want people to listen to it and enjoy it. So, Indeed. So, yeah, it does bother me when I hear that people aren't happy with it. But yeah. keep them coming. That's the only way the show's gonna get any better. And I think if you mm-hmm. go back and listen to, I can't speak for season one. I was on season one, but but sporadically. Um, but starting with season two, I think if you listen to season two and then what we're putting out now, uh, there was one review in particular. Um, can't remember what the gentleman's name was, but he had had left us a review basically saying like you need to, you guys need to tighten this up. Like you need to get your shit together. Yeah. You know, because we were going through the synopsis and we weren't really practicing. We weren't really trying to game. We, we were, we just were kinda, fumbling
0: through the wording. Oh, we're it like, was terrible. Oh, I read that wrong. Fuck it. Let's keep going.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and it was, it was that review that made me in tech, you know, we do it a little bit differently now. Now, like if you notice that he does one paragraph, I do the next or one scene rather, I do the next blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But also, you know, we go through it. What you don't hear is we'll go through and stop, take things again, do it again. And we started doing it that way. Um, and it's all because of that one review. So so we do listen to reviews. Everybody that's listened mm-hmm. since the beginning knows that we we have gotten better. So keep those reviews coming in. They mean a lot. Indeed.
0: All right. So speaking of that, that's one homework you have to do. Another one you have is go check out our website at verybradypodcast.com.
2: Yes. Also, do a written review on Apple Podcasts. We pod- just said that. Well, <laughs> duh. I've seen if you're attention. <laughs> Tell two friends about the show. And if you don't like the show, tell two enemies.
0: <laughs> Send an email to the show and tell us how you liked or disliked it at everybodypodcasts at gmail.com.
2: Join the Facebook group and join in the conversation and the fun. And speaking of that, somebody yeah. had pointed out uh, recently on the, the Facebook page, the Facebook yeah. uh, group, that Robert Reed did have a daughter.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah. And you know what? I saw that and I was like, you know what? I think we even talked about that during that the slumber Oh, Summer maybe Party we episode. did.
2: Um, and that she was in the episode. Yeah. Which that, that blew me away.
0: Along with, uh, so Sherwood Schwartz's daughter was also yeah. in it. Right. And uh, yeah, I think we even discussed it too. <laughs> so, Probably. Yeah. We're
2: forgetting. Yeah. So I just yeah. thought that was interesting.
0: Yeah. Also check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash everybody podcast.
2: You, you got to say it like it's French. Patreon. There you go. <laughs> um, check out our Instagram on A Very Brady Podcast or at A Very Brady Podcast. That's all one word. Um, yeah, we went from, I think, 80 followers to like 116 followers. So that's nice. Cool. I yeah.
0: know Jimmy's been killing it.
2: I've been trying. I've just been trying to be more active. Yeah. Oh, and also, big news. We had, hmm. uh, I had made a comment on one of uh, Maureen McCormick's posts. Yeah. Uh, because she has a new reality TV show. And I just kind of posted something about how the, the show looked cool and everything. And she actually liked the comment, so.
0: That's awesome. That's, that's awesome, man. Hell yeah. And if we're going to be late on releasing an episode or something like that, you can get the updates right there on, if you follow us on the Facebook page, that's where you'll get those kind of updates.
2: And the biggest one, now recently me and Tack got into a new podcast, um, that Jenny was it Jenny? No, it was Emma Kate, I your, think it was. You're Jimmy. No, Ginny. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I think it was Jenny. Emma Kate, I think, that commented, um, that yeah, said, I think that, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. That she had said that she she started watching or listening to this podcast and she enjoyed it too. They're not a sponsor. It's laughable to think that they would sponsor the show. Um, but it's called Zach to the Future Z A C H. Um, and it's where I, apparently Mark Paul Gossler never watched um, Save by the Bell, <laughs> and so right. he's going through similar to what we do, but with Save by the Bell, and it's him himself because he offers insight into it that you know. Nobody else can because he was on the show, and he every once in, like he'll have questions sometimes, just like we do. Like you think it was like this, you think it was like that. So he'll call Elizabeth Hurley or uh, mm-hmm. Mario Lopez and get them on the phone, and be like, "Do you remember this episode? Like what? Well, yeah, they brought the, the infamous twins on, or you know." So it was kind of yeah. neat. Uh, but anyways, um, on that podcast, at the end of it, they they issue homework, and it, and what they do, it's so simple that I don't know why me and tech I never thought about it. <laughs> is they their homework is to watch the next episode. So the next episode is going to be, that we're going to be doing is season three, episode eight. Mm -hmm. I don't know off the, off the top of my, oh, it's yes. It's in now a word from our sponsor, right? That's, that's the name name of the episode. episode. Yeah. Season three, episode eight. It should be available on Hulu, but it makes it easier listening to it. If you watch it beforehand. And I started doing that with, um, Say by the bell podcast when at nighttime, when I'm just bored, I sit there and watch like three or four episodes. And then that week, when I listen to that podcast, I'm like, Oh yeah. And I, I kind of get this more now. I totally see what they're saying. Um, so that might help you guys too. Like, um, uh, we're not trying to promote the show at all, but we're just, it might be more enjoyable if you notice the same things we did. So, uh, so yeah, indeed. And on that note, tech is going to tell us about the next episode.
0: So on the next episode is season three, episode eight entitled, and now a word from our sponsor. It is about the entire Brady family has chosen to star in a commercial for a, quote, new and improved laundry soap. But do they have what it takes to make it in show business?
2: I think they do, Tech. I think so? Well, I mean, they didn't have what it took to eat ice cream. That's for damn sure. Maybe (laughs) this will go better. Maybe. They tried their hand at reality TV. Now let's try their hand at commercials.
0: Well, last, well, this week, um, Marsha tried to be an actress and that That's didn't work true. out too well. Right. And right. neither did Peter and Jan. They both fucked up the only line they had. They had one line and they fucked it up. Well, yeah, no, I'm sure they'll do great on this commercial.
2: I'm sure they will. They'll be like, hark, who washes their clothes there?
0: <laughs> okay. And Marsha's Marcia's like, can I have everybody stop for a second? Stop. <laughs> First of all, you don't do it like that. I think I know. I was in one play. <laughs>
2: So I think that's it, right?
0: No, we still got to do one more thing or disclaimer. We had a oh, fun yes. time here today, but don't be offended. We do love the show. We're not racist or sexist.
2: No, we are not. Uh, we were actually uh, struck by the misogyny in the show <laughs> and how blatant yeah. it was back then. And it's it's kind of, it's, it's not funny, but watching this show in today's culture is funny. Just the way they assume things and the way they, you know. Just I mean, Alice in and of herself, what she does is is funny. Like, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. So, I have been Jimmy.
0: I have been Tack.
2: And this has been a Very Brady Podcast.
0: And we will see you on another Sunshine Day.
2: Keep smotin'.
0: Hey, thanks so much for stopping by and checking out the show. And come on back here for new episodes every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also, on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rate and review. It helps the show out tremendously. Head on over to AVeryBradyPodcast.com to check out past guests. And maybe you wonder what Jimmy and I look like, but, you know, it's not as good as you think, so don't get too excited. And you can contact us at AVeryBradyPodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email and we'll read it on the show. And also head on over to the merch store at tpublic.com. The link is in the description below. And don't forget to join the Facebook group. It's called A Very Brady Facebook Group. And also there's a like page for the show as well called A Very Brady Podcast. So join in on the fun. Join in on the conversation. Post memes. Do whatever you want. Just don't be a racist dick. And be sure to also check out the Patreon page. If you enjoy the show, give a donation and become a patron, we'd certainly appreciate it. Just head on over to patreon.com forward slash A Very Brady Podcast. Until then, this has been A Very Brady Podcast, and have a sunshine day. You've been listening to A Fourth Hand Joint.